0: Warning, the guest episodes on License for Love are experiences, expertise, and views of their own. The diversity duo is in no way liable for actions or advice one takes in their daily life from our guests. Our purpose is to give everyone a voice to be understood, not necessarily agreed with. You're listening to License for Love with Cowboy Jax and Lauren Michaels Harris, the regarding. heartbeat in relationship conversation. Sexy, let you that. Hey, it's Lauren Michaels Harris and Cowboy Jax. We hope everyone's having a great day today. And we are excited about this episode that is called Men2. And we're talking about masculinity, the aspects of toxic masculinity and those sorts of things. Lauren, how are you today? What's been going on? I'm doing damn good. How's that for some toxic
1: masculinity? <laughs> Ouch, that hurt. <laughs> Wait, okay, <hold> on. <laughs> I get it. I'm great. I'm awesome. I am excited to be alive. How about you, Jags? How are things on your side of the country?
0: You know, I have to be quite honest. It has been an absolute insane uh, 72 hours speaking about masculinity in general. Um, My 12 year old son uh, broke his arm. This is the second time that he's broke his arm and he just shattered both bones in his left arm. (laughs) And so we were spending time in the emergency room and going through all this whole sort of thing. On the upside, he's home recovering. He's got Wolverine status now. He's got two t- titanium rods that are in his arm, and uh, he, he's doing very well. He handled the situation very Wait, well. So, I, I, Not to be out of the know,
1: but I don't know. That might be a straight thing, but what is, what is, or it could
0: be a, a, a age thing. Maybe I'm too old to know.
1: What is Wolverine status?
0: Well, Wolverine is a comic book character who has I know these him. Yeah, exactly. So, oh, because oh, ha- how how okay. I got him excited about getting the rods in his arms was that he would be like Wolverine because Wolverine has like, you know, metal okay. throughout his whole entire body, his bones. He's the one, one where those claws come out like knives. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman, yes. Hugh Jackman oh. played Wolverine. Yes, he did so um so easy now don't make me get a fire extinguisher out already we're just getting started in the show just
1: because i'm married i'm on a diet but it doesn't mean i can't read the menu (laughs) i just can't order see so listen i want to know uh what was he doing to break his arm in the same place again is it was he doing the same activity is he what is it boys will be boys oops oh that's something to say. Boys will be boys, right there.
0: See how mm. we're groomed. Mm-hmm. Like, what was he doing? Yeah. So nothing cool. Uh, he was running on uneven concrete.
1: Okay, my knees can talk about that a little bit, but yeah, that never. Re- well, it rarely works out. So, yeah. but we we wish him a happy mending uh, period, which at twelve years old shouldn't take too long.
0: Yeah but it it brought up a lot, uh, especially for today's episode as Serendipity would have it, because i'm I'm sitting there in the emergency room as a dad, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, how do I approach this with my son? right? Like, you know, some of the traditional aspects would be like, suck it up, you know. Uh, make sure that you're managing the pain. Don't complain. You know all these different kind of things, and yeah. because that's kind of the era that I grew up in, and and even when I was in the army, you know that's sort of like the vibe, you know. And so I I really wanted to be to approach it like a real man, right? And it's so interesting because when you hear that buzzword "real man," like you think of this. Well, when you hear the word real man, right, in terms of stereotypes, uh, there's a couple of air quotes for you right in a row for all you Friends fans. Um, what, what comes to mind for you? One thing, a human versus a mannequin. Mm.
1: That's the only place I know that that actually makes sense
0: to me. Interesting. Elaborate a little bit on that because that's all an interesting the real answer. man
1: is anatomically, um, mentally, all those things. That's that's the you know, the chromosomes and all that stuff. Yeah. Equals man. That's real. Yeah. He's not plastic. It's not some something, you know, a cartoon character. It's not animated. It's a real man. That's how
0: it should mean. That's how the meaning should well, that, be. Educated. That's how it should mean. That's how it should mean. But stereotypes for me would be like, you know, someone that is like, uh, you know, handles things with violence or, uh, you know, these different elements of the to- toxic masculinity or like, woman, you know, your place because I'm a man. Like, well, yeah, you know, these, these of kinds course. of things. Right. Of course. Right. And, but that's like a paint strip. You've
1: got all these different shades. But I'm saying when you take the box or the container, uh, you know, the symbol that it represents, everything has, to, has got to be something they can draw or explain, you know. But, you know, if you really break it down to what real man is, you look at the skeletal system hanging on a thing. Hey, that was a real man. Look at the bones. There it is. Mm. There yeah. it is. This other yeah, stuff but, but, is, is is a lot of other stuff. And you know that. But, you, but you're but you gay.
0: Right. Excuse me. And so have, time you ever, I'm just, <laughs> have you ever had anyone that has said, because you're gay, you're not a real man? Yeah.
1: And then after, and I'm not proud of this, but after, you know, they got up off the ground, uh, mm. you know, there I was like, now what? Yeah. I'm not saying. I had to because I was in foster care. And that's just, you might as well call that juvie. You know what I'm saying? It's a feeder system, just like those other things. And there's all that stuff, that little boys in there. And uh, and, and then not just little boys, big monsters uh, parading around as foster fathers. That's a whole nother show. But you learn nonetheless that, you know, I, I had to use my mind. I wasn't going to use brawn unless I had to. But I learned one thing, especially with little black boys. I learned early. They're scared of two things, Jesus and crazy. So I either put Jesus on them or like I acted crazy, worked. See? So it wasn't violence. <laughs> um for me, it was discovering their Achilles heel or you know, finding something that they did respect. Even if they didn't have a reason or didn't think they should respect me.
0: So just to unpack for a minute, um rigid gender roles right men don't do household chores men should be the financial providers for the family you know for the family um heterosexually uh, or heterosexuality and homophobia a gay guy is not a real man straight guys should not have gay friends so apparently lauren you shouldn't be my friend
1: well first think about that well before you get all the way into those interpersonal relationships Because I was a little boy once too. And yeah, I had a fight on my hands. The year I decided at seven, I wanted an Easy Bake Oven. I didn't want an Easy Bake Oven because I wanted to be a girl. I didn't want an Easy Bake Oven because I knew I was going to be gay. I wanted an Easy Bake Oven because I'd been watching the Galloping Gourmet, which my mom watched every single day. It was a male. He was a chef. I loved his work. And then I found the fight therein. And so um, you see like that because you said, you know, household things. I am the cook in this family now. But that's because, you know, I had my first business was a bake sale business. I made almost eight grand when I was 10 years old. I became a Shackley distributor and sold all those housewives, all of those extracts that I had in my goodies. And I did them in our basement kitchen. And it all started because I won the fight about the, uh, the, the argument about a boy having an Easy Bake Oven. Because it wasn't that they didn't want me to have it. They didn't want to defend it to people that came over and saw me playing with one. They didn't like the way it made them feel. It wasn't about how it would make me feel to be able to be a pretend little chef. And I went on, you know, look, I came out of 27 years of event planning and I had my own catering division. So it all worked out, you see. But that's all. That's what I'm saying. But, you know, as far as us not being friends, ah, oh, well. Let's wait till we get our guest in here for that one, because um, I got a little something to say about that. So how come I don't hear Jax? Is he gone? I'm going to have to pause for the cause, and maybe because Jax, oh. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. What happened? Did I, that- I bore you, and you fell asleep? I, what's all that drool? They can't <laughs> see it, but I. you fell asleep on me. Was like that boring,
0: Jax? No, I didn't. But it's interesting because, you know, uh, and we'll have this, some of these links when, when the episode comes out for you guys to look at the articles yourself. But one of the things that is very common that a lot of gay men deal with, which is actually the same thing that a lot of straight men deal with, is the fact of understanding what this masculinity thing is, right? Like in the, in the gay world, it's like, all about having buff bodies and like a certain look and all of these things. Like, there's so many pressures that you guys have, right? What? Yeah, oh, yeah. According according to the to the um, the psychiatrist that I was reading the article on, is that believe it or not, there's like an expiration date, right, in the gay community of like when men are attractive, right? No, let me tell and, you, and, something. no, it ain't.
1: I'm proof yeah. of
0: that. I'm
1: just saying.
0: I'm just, look. Well, no, we're, no, we're talking we're talking about the cultural stereotypes here. We're, we're not something. talking about like One your thing individual experience. you should experience. not probably
1: do, Jax, is, is bring data about a gay man to a gay man. You should probably bring data about a straight man to the gay man.
0: Because well, I don't what care I
1: what bring. I'm going to go from where I live. And I yeah. think that's what we all need to do. I believe yeah, that gives no, us that conversation. That's right, because I don't care what you read. That that's not the that's not the life I live as a gay man.
0: Yeah, at all,
1: not even. But, close and,
0: to. and and that's the whole point of the episode, right? Because right. I feel the same way you do in the sense that for me, when it comes to masculinity, there is a lot of things that are stereotypes for us, like well, for you know, for yeah. instance, we can't cry, right? Like yes, we can weak If we cry, not right? To. Right. And, and then on top of that, like, um, you know, we have to be the financial providers, like no matter what, like it's our job to, to go out and make sure that we provide for our families, which I think is great in the sense of the traditional values that I was raised with. But I don't think that it takes away from your masculinity If like what you were saying, say you wanted to, you know, be a stay at home dad, does that make you any less of a man? You know, Okay, but how about this? How about this? I always find
1: that the common ground is most easily accessible from either side of an argument. If we try to find those things that are similar instead of jumping right to those things that are different. And so I believe that's just me personally speaking, and I've had to do that. All my life, if it wasn't because of my mm. color, it was then because of my gender and then it was because mm. of my sexual preference and then it was because of economic this or whatever, whatever, whatever. But it always boiled down to
0: those things that I felt important to stand up for. You know, well, what's I, important for you to stand up for is a man? Exactly. Not yeah. a black man, not just a gay man, just a man. Yeah. So I'm asking you as a man, what do you stand up for? Everything that is a principle, because I've tried it okay. the other way around
1: and I know I cannot break principles, but I can be broken against them. And so right. I, you know, character, the same things, uh, Thomas Jefferson, the same things that any man, the same thing that any woman, those things, because some of those things surpass our gender and they're just what we should do as decent human beings. Beings,
0: there's more of those. Yeah, I mean, I, I I get that, and that sounds great. But why do we have it's such great. a big disconnect in society then? Right, like Gillette ran this ad about a real man, and I don't know if you saw it or not, but you know, they were basically taking aspects of toxic masculinity and was sort of like that is where they were sort of painting the picture of. How, how do I want to say this? Like that to, to fight is, is wrong, to you know, uh, be better than girls is, you know, or to act better than girls is wrong. Like you would have to see the ad. But the idea behind it was, is that the way that people see masculinity is in a toxic light and that there's another side to masculinity that we need to be better as. And mm-hmm. when you talk about the, the, the post-movement man, you know, with the Me Too and all this other kind of stuff that's came out, like, what, what is our role? Where do we stand? What well, is the definition of that masculinity, right? right?
1: And, you know, because I'm itching. I'm telling you, I'm ready for this one. I'm looking forward to this one. And so I say right about now, why don't we get our guest in here after this short break? And um, when Eric Rogel comes in, we're going to get it from somebody that knows a lot from all directions regarding this hot topic known as toxic masculinity. We'll be back. Uh, How's that sound to you, Jax?
0: We'll be back. Okay, don't go away. Hey, y'all, this is Cowboy Jax. I just wanted to invite you to join the Heartbeat and Relationship conversation in this space right here. Your product, your service, your message. Let's ride.
1: Welcome back to the show. I'm Lauren Michaels-Harris, and I'm here with my bestie, the other half of the diversity duo. How you doing, Jax?
0: Cowboy Jax. You know, Lauren, uh, it was very interesting because I saw us kind of chasing around the same circles in that first segment. We didn't necessarily get to any answers, and that's why I'm super excited to be able to have our guest coming on um, here in just a couple of minutes, because, uh, well, take it away, Lauren. Well, I'm excited too. Uh, It's always nice to have that that, um,
1: objectivity, you know, somebody who can come in and shed some light all the way across the path, not just on one particular subject, or another. So today, we're so, so excited to bring Eric Rogel aboard. He's the founder of Mentor Wildfire. Now, that's a popular podcast, uh, and he's a popular podcast host. He's also, amongst many other things, to name a few, a best-selling author. He's also an award-winning journalist who's traveled the world writing for publications, including Discovery.com, Men's Fitness, and boy, just a ton of others. Now, it's taken more than 20 years, but Eric, over the way, has mentored and guided hundreds of ambitious people who were driven to accelerate their lives and their careers. And he has an upcoming book entitled Forging Greatness. Now, this is due to drop this July, so we're really excited. Let's get him here. Welcome to the show, Eric Rogel. How you doing?
2: I'm doing great, Lauren. Great to be here. Cowboy Jacks, as always, my brother, great to see you. Great to be in the same room with you.
0: Yeah, Uh, it's a little uh, flip of the script here, isn't it, my friend? (laughs) Uh, I I was on uh, how Eric and I met was we, you know, I was on his podcast. Um, And uh, from that, we really struck up and forged a friendship. And um, when I thought about when we were launching License for Love, in the whole aspect of judging a book by its cover, um, I would say in the, in the, post movement error is is what we're going to call it and i i stole that from forbes magazine by the way totally plagiarized it um but i loved it so i grabbed it um it's interesting no matter if you're a heterosexual or you're a homosexual you're still a man regardless and i would say if there's someone in the forefront of understanding masculinity uh, it would be Eric Rogel. So Eric, you were listening to to Lauren and I kind of banter in that segment. Uh, what are your initial thoughts when we're talking about this topic of masculinity?
2: Well, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I have a whole bunch of notes here and I have some really good stuff. And I, and I will say, um, Lauren, you brought up something really important when you said it's about character. Mm-hmm. And I could not agree with you more. And I want to get into that in a minute, but I, I have a A very quick story, Jax, if you give me like two seconds, because this will really kind of set the stage, let's just say, for this discussion going forward. And when you're talking about masculinity, toxic masculinity, what makes a real man? What does it mean? Because I get asked that question all the time. Um, And and here's one of the things that really kind of locks it down for me. So we're we're all familiar with the samurai, correct? You guys, Lauren, Cowboy, you know know the samurai. I mean, they were... The best of the best in terms of warriors. They were the ones that guarded the emperors back in, in, in Japan. And they were known for being the, just the, the warrior of the warriors. True men, outstanding among all other men. But what most people don't realize is there was two things that the samurai had to prove expertise in, in order to be considered a true samurai. And one of them was obviously swordsmanship, battle. Right, so they had to be proven warriors, proven swordsmen, um, expert with the blade. The other thing they also had to be expert in was something called ikebana. Either one of you are familiar with what ikebana is? The zoom type. Oh no. That's- I think it's a piece of sushi a type of sushi. It does sound like, it sounds like the name of a great sushi restaurant. I know I'm a big sushi fan. (laughs) Ikebana would make a great sushi restaurant name, but here's what it really is. Ikebana is the Japanese art of flower arranging. Oh. So these warriors had to be experts in flower arranging. So why do you think that is? Why would they have to be experts in flower arranging, when their job, their whole duty and everything is to go into battle and come out victorious. Dude, I okay,
0: think to, to, to
1: appreciate beauty.
0: Okay, that's that's a great reason. Why else? Mm, I, I, I think it's interesting because the the point, I'm, I'm not going to necessarily answer the question, but one point that I do want to make in your story that's great is the fact that if we have, you know, our male listeners out there, as soon as they hear flower arranging, like this is a perf, this is a, an ideal example of like, Ugh, how is that masculine? Oh, maybe wait, even some of our, maybe oh, even some of our female you know, listeners oh, might it. be the same. So ah, nice
1: try. Yeah. That, well, how, do that you, how are you going to say you answered through their mouths? You, that's like saying, hey, that? I got this friend who, and it's really you you're talking about. Why? So there, I'm going right there. Where no, no, there?
0: Don't, uh-uh. no. You don't question. You don't. You don't get, you, you don't, you you don't get to call know. me out. I, 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 you don't get to call me out because the reason I feel like it personally, right, is because That's of the delicacy that it takes for it the flower arrangements. Yeah, but it, we can't I'm just, just talk about what we think about it. Because we think too much in the same way. Just, okay, Someone's got to play devil's advocate. Let's ask the Anyways, answer. back, let's back ask to you, me. Eric. Wait. Back it, to it, you, it, Eric.
1: Wait. No. See what I mean? See what you're doing right there? You're not going to bully me as the gay guy to buck down because you don't want to hear your own truths. Not going to happen. Now, how's that? <laughs> For some masculinity, toxic or otherwise.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Just, we'll have to ask Eric to I check the box there. there. Yeah, yeah. We, we
2: can unpack that
0: after, but I'm well, sure because the it's are to hear mode, why. Eric.
1: When <laughs> I deal with the cheese coming from a heterosexual guy and you check them on it, they think it's fine. Oh, I ain't going to let the sister tell me. That's, I'm just saying, that's what we're talking about here. And bam, there it is.
2: And, and you, here's brother. a perfect example of how things get escalated, right, Lauren? How, yep. Just a misunderstanding or a difference of opinion or a different viewpoint or perspective leads us down this road to this kind of argument. And I'm gonna unpack toxic masculinity versus positive and ideal masculinity here in a second. But to answer the question why the the warriors, the samurai had to uh, be expert in Ikebana, there was two, two main reasons. One was the impermanence of flowers, death, right? So, Samurai actually have to meditate on their death daily, right? So they don't, they, they don't fear death anymore. But the other reason is, if you look at the Tao, right? The yin-yang that were so, um, you know, so popular, we see everywhere. The yin and the yang, it's a balance, it's a harmony. So the samurai believe that as they were expanding their warrior, it's called their masculine, expanding their masculine into this great warrior in order to remain in balance, they had to expand out the feminine side as well. And they did that through appreciating beauty, creativity, right? working with nature, all of those things they did to bring that balance in. And there's a reason why I led with that story. So Jax, again, you know what I do. You and I have been friends for a long time, but in my work and when I work with men, I tell them to come from king. What does that mean, coming from king? Well, if you look at what I call the four foundational archetypes, they are the warrior, the lover, the king, the hero. The warrior and the lover are essentially the yin-yang. They're the masculine, the feminine that we all have inside of us. Whether you're a straight man, Jax, or whether you're a gay man, Lauren, doesn't matter. Whether you're a woman, whether you're a female, we all have the masculine and feminine inside of us. The samurai knew this. They knew they needed to keep it in balance. So what I say is the warrior is that masculine side of us. It is the side that is the driven, it's what drives us. It's boldness, it's courage, it's being a maverick, it's being a risk taker, a guardian, a steward. All of those beautiful things that are so great about the warrior side of
0: us. Now, why do we call that masculine, Eric? Like that's that's what I'm curious about is why is it those particular adjectives are called masculine adjectives.
2: Well, just base it on feel, Jax. I know you love when I come to you and tell you to feel. But boldness, right? Courage, decisiveness. Does that feel masculine or feminine?
0: I, I mean, it's I don't. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Right. Like, well, the,
2: it just, yeah, yeah. It, it's the feel on it, right? So yeah. it just, and it doesn't make it it's better or worse, or it's right or wrong, or masculine gets to be these things, They're or feminine gets to be these things. Again, that's that gets the point us down that, 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 that I wanted
0: hole. you to make. That's a very good point that I wanted right. you to it make. It doesn't
2: mean one is better than the other. It doesn't mean what it just means it is that is, and we all have this inside us, right? So the thing to look at, though. And let me get to the lover side real quick. So that's the heart side, right? So the warrior side is the initiating force, driving force, ambition, boldness, all of those things. The lover side, the heart side of us is things like wisdom and creativity and playfulness and abundance and compassion and empathy and flow and majesty and all of those things that, Make everything in our life so much richer, more beautiful, grow, thrive, right? Become abundant. Cannot have now, one without the this,
0: other. Does this come from right. the feminine energy, the the lover that side,
2: is, right? Correct. All that stuff is coming okay. from feminine. So,
0: energy. so it's fair to say that feminine energy is just as powerful as masculine 100%. energy.
2: Hundred percent. Absolutely. Look, when I first started doing this work and I was learning this, I thought the feminine energy would be weak. It's not weak. Wisdom is not weak, playfulness, creativity are not weak. They're incredibly powerful and incredibly necessary. So now go back to the samurai, the warrior side, the sword, the boldness, the courage, right? The leadership they show, decisiveness. And then they build out the lover side, the creativity, the flowers, the, the nature, the wisdom, all of those things make them whole, in balance. So when I look at warrior and lover, Integration of those, when you have those in balance, you're coming from king. And when I work with women, you're coming from queen, right? That is the top of it. And you're coming from both. Now, the one thing, and this goes towards your conversation within the warrior and within the lover side, within the masculine and feminine energies, there is the empowering part. That's the ones I talked about. But there is also the limiting part. So, where the empowering part of the warrior would be boldness and decisiveness and courage and a guardian and a steward and a maverick and a risk taker and all these wonderfully magnetic, all these wonderful things. The limiting side of the warrior is being a bully and abusive and violent. And what Lauren mentioned earlier, machismo, that fake being like a tough guy, right? Being weak, being a coward, all of those things are the limiting side of our warrior or what you might call toxic masculinity. Now we all have this within us as well. The issue that comes at hand. Now on the lover side, the positive stuff is wisdom and creativity and compassion and empathy and abundance. The limiting side of the lover, limiting side of the feminine is things like jealousy and scheming and being moody and bitchy and being, you know, jealous. Moody, Lauren. (laughs) So not gonna those are the two sides. Yeah, good, Lauren. good, Not stay kind of at right. it. So, so here's my point. When we're in the empowered side of our warrior and our lover and operating from king, things are beautiful. When we're in our limiting side, that's when things get bad. What I find is that whenever a man is in his limiting warrior, the bully, the violent, the overbearing, that's when it gets pointed to and like it goes, there, that, that's why men are terrible. Mm not. He's in a limiting side right there. We can be empowered. We can get to that empowering side and have that beautiful warrior within us, balance it with that amazing heart side, lover side, operate as the king. The way that I tell people to remember this is think Braveheart, right? He was Braveheart, both sides in balance. Think the samurai, warrior, lover, doing beautiful flower arranging. None of that is weakness it's celebrated in certain cultures the celtic cultures have what they call the warrior poet hey eric yeah, I, I, th- I think right. you make a good i'm itching i'm itching
1: go ahead Lauren. I'm all go ahead no, well because i don't want him to get away yet uh and we don't have too much time left. but i want because we're talking about men and women but, but men and women men and women start as boys and girls and i in doing the research for today's show came across something i'm i want to touch on uh, that that piece called emotional isolation, which starts as early as junior high for boys, where they're groomed that they can't share intimate details, or you know, have somebody that they share secrets. They can't even. They're not even really supposed to leave. Have diaries and journals and things like that. So, I, Eric, just tell us what you uh, say about all of that, because a lot of the things we okay. find in the men. Uh, have been in there since they were boys.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I'm really glad you brought that up, Lauren. That's a great, great point. Because look, I mean, listen, I I grew up that way. Um, You know, I was was raised by a single mom. My joke is that she raised me like a veal, right? I had to be soft and tender and not get bumped and bruised. Mm. And it just felt wrong. But I didn't have any role models. I didn't have any mentors at that time. Like a lot of these young men that you're talking about that could say to me, You know what, Eric, there's a beautiful way to express that side of you, right? You have this warrior in you, you have this lover in you, and here is how you express that. And when we tell boys, you can't do this, you can't be that way, it makes it wrong and it shuns it rather than having men who operate from their king, men who understand the both sides. Men who get that you have to balance it out. Men who are operating like samurai as kings. Guiding these young men and saying, hey, listen, Jax, it's okay if you want to journal. That's a beautiful part of who you are. Mm. Show your creative side. Be creative. Keep your sides in balance. The yin-yang. That's what we want to be doing. So I would really... You know, that, that's the thing that gets me, Lauren, and what breaks my heart every day is these young men who don't have these role models, who don't have these mentors, which is why I created the Boldman Initiative and, and Mentor Wildfire, to reach out to these young people, men and women, yeah. and and really give them some guidance and tell them, hey, this is okay, I've been down the path, here's what I know, here's a great framework for you, come along, I'm going to show you the way.
0: Yeah. And I know we got to go to commercial here in a second. We're going to get into some really cool stuff in this next segment, maybe even continue this a little bit. But one thing that I'm really starting to see here that I think that Lauren and I both can agree on is that it doesn't have a damn thing to do with your sexuality. It does not not matter if you're gay or you're straight. Masculinity is defined by the energy of that balance. So uh, you're
2: operating from your king. It doesn't matter who you're attracted to. I'm just going to say yeah. that, and I think Lauren said it great earlier. It's character. Yeah, mm. it's character. It's who you are as a man in here. Yep. Do you come from your warrior? Do you do you balance it out and support it with your lover? Are you operating from that? And again, you know, Jax, you know, we have the sacred seven core values that are so important to us that we live by, which are courage honesty, integrity, commitment, duty, honor, and love. A balance of both. And if you're operating and you're a man that lives with courage and honesty and lives in integrity and you're committed, Mm. you do your duty to your family, your your people that are around you, your country, you honor those that are around you and you come from your heart with love, you're the kind of man I want to be around. Right.
0: Period. I agree.
2: Lauren, last thoughts before
0: we go to commercial break?
1: Who, me? Yeah, you. I'm just soaking it up. I, I, um, I'm i really excited about this topic. And, no, but uh, we got to pay some bills. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's do that. Let's jump away for just a second or two. And when we return, we have more, uh, much more. So don't go away. We'll be right back.
0: Hey, y'all, this is Cowboy Jacks. I just wanted to invite you to join the Heartbeat in Relationship conversation in this space right here. Your product, your service, your message. Let's ride. Hey, y'all. You are listening to License for Love today with the other half of the diversity duo, Lauren Michaels-Harris, and our very special guest, Mr. Eric Rogel. Eric has an amazing new project coming out that is called the Mentor... Wildfire Mastermind. We've been talking with Eric a little bit today about masculinity, understanding um, the aspects of how masculinity gets overshadowed by toxic masculinity sometimes. And most importantly, that it doesn't have a damn thing to do with who you're attracted to. Eric, thanks so much for being here. Let's unpack a little bit about Mentor Wildfire Mastermind.
2: Thanks, Jax, I appreciate that. You know, listen, I, I, from the previous segment, you could tell this is a passion of mine, right? I'm passionate about it. I'm passionate about um, people being mentored, people having role models and guides, the the ones that have gone before us. And I think it's just because it's it's who I am and it's how I was raised in my experience, I tend to lean towards, it's really, really important for men, especially young men to have these incredible
0: role models. Why is that important? You didn't have a role model growing up, right? So Not when I was real young, no, no. So, how did you navigate that, and then why did you see a space for it moving forward from your perspective?
2: Sure. sure. So, you know, like I mentioned in the in the previous segment, I, I was raised by a single mom. I was raised to be soft. I was raised to be afraid. I was raised in fear. I wasn't raised to be courageous and bold, right? Which are two very big empowering warrior traits. It was more fear. It was more stay small, don't stand out, don't let anybody see you. Don't make waves. Don't get into arguments.
0: So did didn't mom right. come from the limited warrior, according to no, your, your philosophy? Yeah, she was
2: coming from the limited. Look, 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 here's the thing, and I tell I tell Pete and so I'm glad you brought that up, Jack. I it's a great point to make. When I tell these stories, people say like, wow, like why do you blame your mother and you're putting all this in my, my mother was amazing. I love my mother to the day she passed. we, We lost her in 1998, she's been gone for a long time now. But my mother and my father did the best they could with the tools they had at the time. Mom believed in her heart fully she was protecting me. That was what she was doing. And, and I can't blame her for that. I can't fault her for that. But as a young man, I was angry. I was untethered. I didn't know. I had these feelings inside, but I was getting the outer um, message of don't do that. Don't feel that. Don't be angry. Don't. And I didn't know what to do. And so when I went to college, I made the conscious decision. You know, high school was a rough time, right? I'm sure it was for a lot of us. High school was a rough time. And, and I made the decision when I went to college, no one was going to know who I was. Or you know how I was raised, or anything. I could create myself any way I wanted to do. First thing I did on day one of college was I signed up for a martial arts class. I had always wanted to do martial arts my whole life, and mom now, would never let you, me do. It.
0: Did you do that because of the fact that you felt like that was the way to project that mm-hmm. masculine energy? I'm going to be a badass. Yeah. Like, do you think mm-hmm. there's any toxic? aspects of where the thought process might have been at well, that time. Listen,
2: I'm sure there was, you know, being fully ruthlessly honest with myself, there was probably a part of me that wanted to be that, right? I ha- I didn't have the tools I have now to know that there's a right way and a wrong way to use it. I was just tired of getting picked on and bullied. And I thought, ah, one of these crazy idiots is going to come after me now and I'm going to show him who I am now. So yeah, of course.
0: Yeah.
2: Right. And again, I didn't have role models at that time, but the instructor became a role model to me. He was very centered all the time. He was in command of the class. He had this amazing um, presence to him. And so I followed along with that. Mm -hmm. And as I got older and older, I started seeking out different role models. And now one that I have now, a mentor that I have right now, a man named Rob James, who basically has been an amazing influence in my life. He grew up the exact opposite of the way that I did. He grew up on a cattle ranch and was a cowboy from age eight to age 17 when he went into the Marines. Mm-hmm. So here's a guy who was dealing with, you know, death every day and, and putting himself at risk and broken bones and getting out there and, do, and I had been the opposite. So I was able to kind of integrate from him and learn from him. Some of these great things he learned from the great men that were his role models, men who fought in World War II with General Patton, men who had created incredible businesses, men who were, you know, gentlemen cattle ranchers who nobody messed with in town, but were also very strong on the lover side too. They had that balance. They were kings. And where they were. So and I I, I, I'd like to him. back
0: it up just a minute because one of the points sure. that you made that I thought was really cool that really relates to our first episode, if y'all haven't heard it yet, is that Lauren talks about being in a place of wanting to be invisible, right? Like he, he didn't have the social medias. Like when people said that he looked like people, they were like, hey, they should look like this or whatever. And so I really want to center in on just for just a moment of like, how there is that similarity with you of finding that initial identity in that martial arts, possibly some infusion of some of those toxic masculinity things. And with Lauren, in the sense of saying, you know, did it have anything to do with your masculinity of why you wanted to be invisible, right? Was there some toxic masculinity things that you might have been dealing with that you didn't necessarily want to subscribe to. So that's why you kind of just wanted to be invisible. Like th- there's a similarity there in, in your guys' journey. And I think that's an important piece to unpack.
1: Well, for me personally, I don't think it was, you know, necessarily the masculine part uh, of okay. me as much as it was just zero self esteem. From mm. uh, abuse and the abuse was was from other men. I was a boy; they were men. See, so uh, I'm sure that had something to do with it in there because for me, oh, I'm one of them, and they can't be trusted. Right. So, so, if, so it's- if you don't trust yourself, why do you want to look at yourself? That's why. For twenty some years, I shaved my head, shaved my face, washed my face brushed my teeth and everything else in the shower. No social media pictures, just the silhouettes. Didn't, if you saw pictures of me, it was me trying to cover my face, you know, all of that sort of stuff. And you know, we hear a lot about how that's shaped for young girls and stuff in the media and whatnot, but it's cast upon young boys and things too. Um, because, you know, to have those intimate conversations about things, a boy, it's like when you, your mom told you to go buy some tampons. And you're like, no way, I don't want to be in a, you see what I'm saying? It's the same thing with trying to ask a woman about what to do about a guy who's been messing with you sexually. Mm. You can't take
0: that. that, That's so deep because the emotional abuse that, that Eric was getting, no disrespect to your mother, but the fact that, that there was that lack of, so to speak, is an emotional abuse, whether it's like additional or not. Whereas to Lauren with a lot of the aspects of what he was doing. So it seems like in the connection of things, and I have my own part and story into it too, you guys can listen you know, to our other episode. But what I like about this is the fact that you guys came through, from two totally different worlds, But yet we absolutely have to define our masculinity for ourselves. Like it's a healthy part of, of that journey, Eric.
2: Yeah. You know, if you really look at it, Jackson, look, I, I I made a note and I said, we all go through this, right? It's we all go through the same shit, different flavor. Love that. Yeah. We all have it, right. We all go through something. And if you look back at, you know, like, so my, the warrior lover, the King and hero, the four foundational archetypes I take from Joseph Campbell's hero's journey. And if you want to go back and and even, you know, look at all of those stories, if you look at it as a hero's journey, we're all on our own hero's journey. The hero of the story, if you look at the, 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 um, uh, the stages that Campbell set out that are told in every story we've ever seen is there is a point where the hero, something could be tragic happens to them they lose a family member, they lose parents, they lose their home, they're you know, shunned, rejected, whatever it might be, they go into what he what called the descent, right? And that descent is the longest part of the journey. If you look at it, I've seen it done as a circle. And if there's like a line that goes through the, like just below the top part of the circle, and that's the descent is the big bottom part, right? The descent. And it is along that descent that they face all their challenges, face their demons, face all of these these things and they actually may feel like they're going backwards. Mm. But along that path, one of the most important things that happens right as they go into descent is what Campbell called supernatural aid. And he also called it the finding of the mentor. And the supernatural aid, and look at all the stories that we know, it's like when somebody shows up. So Star Wars, it's when Obi-Wan Kenobi shows up as Luke Skywalker's mentor and he's magic, right? The force and he's got all these things. If you look at myths, Hercules, when he's going through the 12 labors, Athena will show up and give him like a magic sword or a shield or something to help him along his way. But it is what is part of that journey. But going through that descent, facing those challenges, finding at one point along the thing, true love, your passions, the heart side, is coming out the other side and returning home as the king and the hero, king or queen and hero. So we all go through this. We all have different flavors of it, like I said. But the point is, we come through it. We have to find those mentors, those guides that will help us through this. And to Lauren's point, when he said, you can't be a young boy doing that. I mean, Jax, you're in my Bowman Brotherhood and you sit in those on those calls every Thursday night and you hear the men talk and the feedback that I get is, oh my God, I can't believe there's a group where I can actually have real conversations with other men about stuff that matters, get vulnerable, get real, not sugarcoat anything or, or pretend or whatever it may be, take off that mask and be real because we're so used to going to other men and hearing, ah, man, come on, let's just go down. We'll, we'll have a beer and we'll watch the game and you'll feel better. No, we need to have these conversations. We need to have these mentors and guides who are real and are coming from their king that can guide us through all of this. So,
1: Eric, people that are looking to be a part of the mastermind or anything else that uh, facilitates more of this discussion wherein you are involved or your groups, uh, where would be the best place for them to go?
2: There's a couple places. I mean, they can go to ericrogel.com and that'll have links to all the stuff that I'm working on. And that's a great place for them to start. And I always tell people, look, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I love having conversations on LinkedIn because it's usually professionals who are looking to grow and, and, and better themselves. Mm-hmm. And I and I have tons of conversations on there all the time. So you can you can find me on LinkedIn, but you can also go to Ericrogel.com. Awesome. 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 Jack?
0: Yeah, uh, I just wanna say that it it seems to me, just to to wrap up this segment, Eric, we've been really, really excited to have you on today and you've really helped us to define some really cool points uh, that Lauren and I are gonna unfurl into the the next segment. But folks, please check out ericrogel.com and Mentor Wildfire Mastermind is coming soon. Eric Rogel, such a pleasure. Have a wonderful day. We really appreciate having you. Any final thoughts, anything you want to say to the audience before you go?
2: Well, yeah, no, I I just, first of all, want to say to both of you uh, how much I appreciate and honor you both for what you're doing and for having me on the show today to actually talk about some of this. It is so, so important. So I think the final thought that I would have is, guys, if you don't have a mentor or there isn't a strong role model or guiding force in your life, seek one out. There are a lot of really good men and women out there uh, who are looking, you know, to mentor and looking to guide you along your path, and then also pay it forward. Once you are on that path and you're moving along, look behind you, reach out a helping hand to those who are behind you on the path, and mentor them on their way. Mm-hmm. Here, here, nice. So said. much, Eric. Yeah,
0: thank you, thank you, yeah. thank you. Great stuff. Okay. Uh, So this is Cowboy Jacks with my good friend Lauren Michaels Harris, Mm -hmm. and uh, we'll give you our final thoughts right after these messages. Welcome back, welcome back to
1: this week's episode, Uh, Cowboy Jacks. Wow, Eric, uh, that was some that was some heavy stuff in there. left with a lot to think about but more importantly even more to talk about because I think that's where uh the road to answers and and healing uh live what do you how what what about you what are you feeling
0: you know on this episode of hashtag men too coming into this um I I really you know Uh, there's so many different things. Like for instance, people that subscribe to toxic masculinity are 60% more likely to commit suicide. Mm. People that really don't understand like who they are in their masculinity, you know, end up becoming more addicted to substance abuse, all this different kind of thing. And so it was very interesting because the one thing that I love the most about today was the fact that we absolutely discovered from an expert in masculinity that it does not matter who you're attracted to. You can be attracted to whomever you want. It, it actually doesn't even really have anything to do with your gender, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's the yin and yang of the masculine and feminine energy and the power of that. And so, yeah. you know, I think we solve the mystery of, you know, when we judge a book by its cover. So to our listeners out there, you know, stop, Stop judging people about the whole masculinity thing and, and really start to look at and define what that means within yourself, right? Well, because that I thought was cool.
1: Yeah, and I just, you know, because I know where a lot of my root issues began and they began in boyhood um, with the examples of manhood. That were around. I'm sure that plays a big part in every young young boy's journey. But I just want to say, I think we need to do more um, so that when boys grow older, they shouldn't be discouraged um, to sever their male closeness um, in order to become successful or productive men. You know, uh, of course, we know men are supposed to be stronger than anyone and to never show emotions. But it's time to change that ideal of pressuring people to act in a certain way. You know, I just think we should all be able to be our best versions of whomever we are. If we could all just do that again, I think we're going to focus more on those things that make us similar, that make us just the human race instead of anything other. And one day, hopefully that'll be the case. I don't know.
0: Yeah. How, how cool was the um, empowerment of the feminine energy? Like I really, really dug that because I've got to be honest, you know, there was a time in my life when for me, uh, I hear the word feminine, I would have thought not necessarily weaker than, but more so that I need to be stronger to protect. Right? And from what Eric says, in terms of every human being on this planet, there's an element of masculine energy and feminine energy. So, you know, uh, uh, and embracing
1: there's that whole, that. There's that whole Id and ego, you know, that's a whole nother thing. You know, ego is associated mm-hmm. with, you know, uh, pretty much masculinity, toxic masculinity. I, I do. I think so, because it's about something other than unconditional love. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an angle usually you know and so i don't know there's a lot to learn but the thing about it is isn't that what we're supposed to do as we're evolving into a better species isn't that it mm-hmm. to learn and to grow and i just i'm really interested i wish we would have had more time because you know uh eric has this thing in there in the um, the new project the mastermind and i we didn't even get to touch on that part about the unquittable uh, corporate culture. I found that really interesting too. So you guys, that's another little nugget that's inside of the world of Eric Rogel. If you want to get in there and check it out, and I highly recommend you do. So what about you and your son? Uh, I just want to say, do you, you know, do you pick up anything you want to take back into that, that arena?
0: Well, you know, uh, I'm very fortunate to have an ongoing relationship with Eric and uh, his Bowman brotherhood. And uh, of course, obviously, that's something I've been wanting to get you turned on to uh, for a while, but you've had so many things going on. But yeah, um, I will say that I have really made an effort to start to create that communication and that genuine relationship versus that stoic dad. That I started out to be, and that you know suck it up and drive on, figure it out, all those different kind of things you know you you made a great point about a journal, and the old me before counseling and all that other kind of stuff would have been like You're still okay, oh, you weren't talking about age, my bad <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: I had to get one in today. I was trying to be nice when Eric was here.
0: I know you. You actually put your uh, you, you put your Sunday best on today with a little I halo did. and everything
1: because yeah. I I wanted to be a sponge today. Um, yeah.
0: I well, you sponged I it up a lot of great, great, great
1: stuff. So
0: yeah. but can I but, have? But I um, felt alone without you though. Like there was there was a time when I felt like I was just sort of you know carrying carrying the interview, and I was like, I need that other half. I need the diversity duos. Uh, Lauren Michael Harris's, uh, Lauren Michael's Harris's uh Are you back, saying you were missing my feminine energy? You know, that might be it. That 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 might be it.
1: Yeah. See, yeah. that's the difference. I can reach for the male or the female. I ain't got a problem with either one of them. You, though, on the other hand, might have a struggle with the feminine part. Just saying. You think so? so? Yes. Why do you don't? Must we go back to the scene of the crime where at the top of the hour you said, well, I'm not going to answer your question. And then you said, but for (laughs) you out there. And then you
0: answered the question. Isn't that kind of like throwing, throwing your gender in front of the bullet? I mean, I think I was just playing devil's advocate there for a minute, you know um Mm -hmm. i mean i i I want to get i I want to get at these guests lauren i believe eric and the rest of the group will have something to say about that at your next meeting oh i'm i'm sure they will but you know i think i'll be there to ensure that this topic is broached i I, think it would be i want to be there for you to be yeah i think how do i get there there? well we'll talk about that not here um oh but uh Ooh. But you know it's interesting because when you think about the diversity duo and you think about the yin and yang, and I'm sort of having this epiphany, right? in real time, we really are the yin and yang of of cultural and diversity aspects of things, right? Well, because you're right. I came in pretty hot aggressively there and. But that's- uh, that's like the bookend the yin and the yang yeah. is like the bookends
1: there's right. all that common ground in between that makes it an entire
0: box set so to speak and that's our guests like our guests are each one of our little novels in between that we're putting between the bookends that's right. yeah that's right so yeah.
1: i'm just really great
0: grateful that
1: there are people out there encouraging this this mindset this conversation this topic, it makes me feel really encouraged as a man, a
0: human. Ooh, go ahead with that. That is, that's awesome. It's true. Yeah. You, yeah I, I know. I, I completely agree. Um, so what did you think about, and I know we're, you know, we're getting at the end here, but what you did you think about it? that whole limited aspect of things and how like that's where that toxicity is? Well comes from. Wasn't that really cool to understand how that's limited? I've known that.
1: I'm gonna tell you why. I get up every day and everything I do, I live to move and propel myself and everything around me further inside of a beautiful human experience. And I believe when we when we don't face these things, this toxic anything. We're secure. I hate that word. That word toxic is very much a trigger for you. Why shouldn't I? Yeah. Tell me something positive about it. Mm. Absolutely nothing. Hence the term toxic. And so Mm. call a spade a spade, but I'm going to say this. You can either facilitate a beautiful human experience in yourself and others around you, starting with yourself, or Mm. you can be a part of the problem and you can perpetuate an incomplete human experience
0: Mm.
1: for others and for yourself. Because you're the one that's missing out every time you think it isn't important or that It's the wrong thing. You know, I just, I just, I'm telling you, I just think it's a beautiful thing that uh, men can be encouraged. You know, little girls, and we talked about this before. You know, I got a bunch of women in my adoptive family. And I remember that my sisters and stuff could go out on the dance floor at a wedding and and hold hands and slow dance together. Stuff. let me go grab a little boy. They nearly knocked me down, diving to split us up. You know, like Mm -hmm. I was doing something wrong. That never left me. That's why it took me 50 years to believe someone would want me, even though I was gay. It wasn't because I was a bad gay, it was because that thing. Boys aren't supposed to feel that way about each other.
0: So. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm really, I really like that. So what you're saying is, is that, and, and Eric definitely pulled this into perspective, is that you absolutely have a duty to embrace that feminine energy that that is amazing amazing to have here it is
1: i had embraced the gay part before i knew it was a thing because i was going with the things i really want to do you know i heard the word sissy and this and other but that wasn't the sad part that wasn't Mm -hmm. the scary part the sad part and the scary part was when i got through that and got to the part about what a man really was and didn't have anything to show me a true picture of it Mm. that was even
0: that was the saddest part of all and that's well you know on on the straight side of the house uh we we have very similar issues like there's so many pressures okay there's so many pressures that that come along with you know um am i good enough for this girl do i make enough money uh to be able to approach this girl you know have i went to the gym enough because i need to look a certain way like am I strong enough? Like, should I not show my emotions? And and all that stuff over time just really starts to eat away at you. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Emotions. Yeah. I think emotions should be treated like they say gas better out than in. I'm just saying Well, I'm just saying it's true. There should be, you know, I mean, I get it about subjects you stay away from around the, the family tables, politics and, and, and religion and stuff. But, Feelings, they should never be off limits. Never.
0: Beautiful. Is, is that your final thought, or you got a final? That's my thought? final thought. You know, it's beautiful because it's it's, it's, it's about how things make us feel. Yeah. You know.
1: So, and I feel great about today's show, and I'm grateful to Eric Rogel. How about you?
0: You know, yeah, it was a really cool episode, Um, and like I said, you know, we've got some article links stuff that you guys will be able to research. Uh, My final thought is this, your masculinity has nothing to do with your sexuality. You remember that. The Uh. feminine energy and the masculine energy are equal when you find that ascension to king. I'm Cowboy Jax. I'm Lauren Michaels-Harris. And we'll see you next week on License for Love. Have a great week, all. Bye-bye. You're listening to License for Love with Cowboy Jax and Lauren Michaels-Harris. The heartbeat in relationship conversation.